If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode was brought to you by the following patrons. Andrew, Sunzi, Stephanie, Natasha, Laura, Goradica, Vance, Boezy, Jeremy, Ali, Nathan, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, John, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karoon. And all the patrons want you to know you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with all of us, please do so in the Facebook group where we hang out daily. I woke up early this morning because I hadn't slept enough and was convinced my house was haunted. So there's that. Was this the first time you stayed in the new house? Yeah, it was the first time we, we slept in the new house. That's how the demons get you. The first night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I heard was the demon followed you from the apartment to the house is what I heard. If it starts whispering to Jake and he goes outside to like cut wood for like 14 hours a day, then then, then you got a problem. But honestly, I'll keep an eye on it. Like I'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like Jake's got it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying yes. Ryan Reynolds also looked his best in that film. Yeah, he did. But then he tried to kill everybody. Might have been worth it. For the abs? Yeah. Yeah. Dude's right. got some Hawaiian rolls, my man. I think I'm going to do that for Halloween. Just Hawaiian <laughs> rolls stuffed into the front of your pants, still in the and bag. Then like, and then yeah. just lift my shirt I up honestly, when people... <laughs> 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 okay, my... my. <laughs> got to do it but you got to get like three packs of hawaiian rolls yeah all the way up so <laughs> yeah. you got so you got abs and you got back abs and then uh-huh. you got yeah <laughs> Oh, shit. I think we broke Paige. I don't think you can laugh yet, Paige. We'll, we can only be medium funny right now for Paige's right. illness. No. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Thank you for tuning in to Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, Paige made us watch Pearl. 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 So I know from last week, this is the first time we've all seen this movie, correct? Correct. You are correct, sir. Oh, I didn't realize Mikey stepped aside and joining us today is Mikey's impression of Johnny Carson. 
No. No. John Madden. No. No. John Madden. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who is it? Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. That's the one. Thank you. You Sorry. are correct, sir. Yeah. So what did you guys think about the movie? <laughs> I'll, I'll go last because I feel like I'm going to have to defend myself a bit. You know, I mean, I'm not going to attack you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm more mad than anything else. I really liked X. I thought it was a really good slasher. And I liked yeah. the character of Pearl in X because she seemed like a cold-blooded serial killer murderer yes yeah and i think i was really disappointed in pearl because it was kind of like a, a exploration of a psychopath coming into their own i guess yes i feel like the pearl in the movie was very calculated uh, from x and maybe she gets there between but i really wanted someone who starts maybe unhinged and goes to cold and calculated uh, and this was just unhinged, unhinged. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the movie kind of justified her actions a little bit, and I didn't agree with it as much. I don't know. I just didn't like it. And I get it, though, because it was, you know, they did X, and it, and it was, did really well, then the pandemic was happening, and they're all just, like, together, and they're like, well, we can just make this other movie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so they did. So I get it. It just wasn't for me, I think. And I just, I don't know if it's the mood I was in or the film itself, but I wanted m more. I wanted her to, like, be scarier and not what we got. You wanted it to be less Wizard of Oz and more Nightmare on Elm Street? See, I, I fucking dug the Wizard of Oz. I was like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> Let's get into it. But... I think what we see here is like she becomes cold and calculating. I think this is the birth of that. I think the end of the movie, we are starting to get to where X Pearl is. I do agree with you that I wish we saw more of like the animal killing and things like not that I want to watch people kill animals. I know what you mean. You mean like the escalation of the murderous serial yes. killer behavior. Yeah. yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. I, of course, you don't mean you want to see people kill animals. Right. I get you. Yeah. Because <laughs> she brings it up in that crazy eight minute monologue that is uncomfortable but we didn't see a ton of it. And so this is kind of the first time we're hearing about it. And it's a little late in the movie. And I think if you are someone who has studied serial killers a lot, you see a lot of red flags early on anyway. And some of the things that her mom says to her are kind of red flags that, you know, that is coming. But we're not really seeing a lot of it on screen. Well, we've also seen X. So we know she's like a serial killer. Like We know she's a serial killer. Yeah, none of that was surprising to me. What I loved is that this movie had a fascinating visual style. And the camera work is amazing in ways that X was too. Yeah. But this movie has its own vibe that is not X. But in that vibe has a million Easter eggs for what we know we will eventually see in X. And I really thought that was cool. I don't think that it necessarily glorifies her actions so much as that we're seeing it through her point of view. Yeah, I didn't necessarily think the movie was making a comment on it either way necessarily. I think we're just seeing her viewpoint and she's an unreliable narrator because she is not well. And I think maybe early in the movie, you're kind of interpreting that as like, oh, she just wants to get out. She just wants to get away. She just wants to be this thing. And the longer the movie goes, you're like, oh, no. Oh, she is truly insane. Very much something darker and yeah. scarier than that. I didn't need to go that far. I thought she was there when she fucked the scarecrow. When that happened 20 minutes into the movie, I was like, 20 minutes in and we're fucking scarecrows? I didn't hear that scarecrow complaining and she was just trying to pop his corn. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> 
but no, uh, Mikey though, for me, that scene was a huge indicator of like, oh, something is maybe not right here. Yeah, she uh, is yeah, an insane right. like, person. I know that in the future. I'm just saying, like, you know, watching the film to like, what is the film telling us about it? But some of the choices they made visually, I really loved. I do think that this film really doesn't turn into a horror movie until the third act. And then yeah. you're kind of ready for it. But I think we could have layered that in earlier. That would have been really my only complaint. That's kind of what I want. I, I, I like the visual style. And I and I know that this director, I mean, I know that they he loves Mia Goth. I mean, like, it's a Mia Goth thing. Oh, and she's great in it. She is great. She is unhinged. But I think... I think the way it's directed kind of makes her kind of takes her side a bit like focusing on her face while she kills the blonde and stuff of like I wanted that and I I, I don't know I you know I'm having a weird couple of weeks so that could be it but like I think this might be a reflection of where you're at when you're watching the film but I don't like those kind of movies anyway there was one that I saw at a film festival that's German it's it's the one that uh, that scene in Barbarian is based on yeah the one that where the mounted camera yeah when it's purely the antagonist perspective and it's not done in like a goofy way and there's no one to root for like I yes. hate everyone in this movie yeah so like it's hard to get into it and be like oh I care about what happens. I'm just watching this like, well, I mean, I know she doesn't die because she's. we've seen her right. at 80 years old or whatever in X. Yeah. I, I think I needed more of a Norman Bates kind of feel to it where like like you get the layering as she starts killing people around town like I wanted her to kill her parents 20 minutes in and then go really unhinged but get away with it at the end or something honestly Mikey no I can totally see that of like or at least kill her parents by the end of the first act yeah yes. it, it wasn't that you were trying to root for her or anything as much as I was like these are the pieces we need to get to the end of the puzzle where X starts and so I found that fascinating but I think watching this and X as companion pieces together is really interesting. I mean, this is the prequel to it. You absolutely should. And and I would say don't watch them in chronological order. Watch them X and then this. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that actually works a little bit better. But I, I love Mia Goth. I'm like super big crush and she can act like oh, crazy yeah. good. She way outclasses this movie. I can see why Paige likes it because I've learned Paige's like her and I have a little different heart taste. And I can tell what's really going to be in the Pages book. And like, I think X was like a good medium of like me yes. and Paige really overlap in this film. Yes. And then that's why I'm making y'all watch Deadstream next week. Because it's like way over on my side. <laughs> <laughs> but there's three points in this movie where she would be immediately arrested and sent to jail for the rest of her life. If anyone had found out. Which they definitely would have found out because the guy, she, the projectionists. His car is sticking out of her pond, and there's no way someone didn't see them together in town. Yeah, but they're not going to look for him. Remember, this is 1918. People just skip town all the time. Yeah, she's a woman. She can't murder a man. It's 1918. <laughs> and he's he even says, he's like, I'm a bohemian. I take up, I leave whenever I want. The person they're going to look for is her sister-in-law. But remember, her sister-in-law lied about where she was. So nobody knows where she was that day. So like, as long as she has that body. It was way easier to murder people back then. So much easier also, to murder like, people back then. Also, like, where all the police go? 
the war yes yeah 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 yeah, oh my god and i realize i'm a history nerd but when she was reading the paper and they were trying to establish what time period it was for the audience yes and she goes oh they just liberated france and i was like oh cool so it's like august 1944 because that's the only time france has been liberated when cars existed right 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 it was just wild to me that they got that such an easy fact wrong well i mean Unless World War One had just ended and then they said they liberated France. No, World War One was still going on. That's the war that's going on. But France was not taken over by Germany in World War One. That was World War Two. That's like basic history stuff. But remember, they got stuff wrong in X2, the True. same kind of thing. So like with the whole 79 milk carton, like that kind of thing in X. But the other one I noticed is when he has that porno film that he's like, I brought I brought it back from France when I was in the service. Yeah. (laughs) Which it's 1918, which means that either he would have somehow gotten back from the war super soon or he wasn't in World War One. He served in the French Foreign Legion years before that. But then like, how old is he? Because you would be stuck there for years. Like, what is this? Well, when it comes to movie projectionists, how old is he is a question that used to be asked all the time. Because you, yeah. d- they're like vaguely young, but like also vaguely old. <laughs> they're like the old person who works at the movie theater. So he's like, right. 25? I mean, I, I work there. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, he's either 25 or 45. I'm 17. I have no concept. But also might be the kind of person that will show you pornography the first time you hang out alone with them. And that is not comfortable. Don't do that. When he said, this is one that somebody's never seen, I was like, it's a porno. I knew right away too. I was like, I know a bad dude when I see one. I've been one half my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I did not feel bad when she killed him, really. Me either. Because... He's cheating on her husband with her, and that's his fault, apparently. And and this no, no, joke. no. I for, for me, <laughs> I don't know. I think he bailed out at the right time. I, you know, oh I, man, I, when she started to lose her mind on him, and he was like, "You're scaring me." I was like, "Damn right, communicate your feelings, brother." And she's like, "I thought you said you didn't have a dog." And she's like, "Oh right, the thing in the basement." And you're like, and then hmm. she's like, "Why are you leaving?" I'm like, "Everyone here knows why I'm leaving." There's like 30 times in this film where I would have brought up my I have to poop line and, <laughs> and, and fucking peaced out. Yeah, that is something I appreciate about this film is that so many people are like, um, yeah, it's time for me to go. Like they, they like see the red flag and they're like, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. And then she just chases them down with pitchforks. No, Missy or whatever. Like she stayed there for like 10 minutes during that. And I'll be honest, amazing monologue. Mia Goth is amazing in this movie. But she should have left two seconds into that monologue. And just when Mia Goth opened her eyes, she wasn't there anymore. She was gone. (laughs) I think she was afraid of her already. Like I think she felt kind of trapped there. And was just like, okay, this is where I can inch out of the house. But I, nobody at any point is just like, this can't be dangerous. Like, everyone is like, um, is this when I die? Like, everyone <laughs> realizes. Yes. And yes, it is when you die. Yes. When the sister-in-law walks down the, the like driveway and I was like, oh, I don't think she had a car. This is going to go bad. And then she takes off running. I was like, there's no way, bitch. Mia Goth is going to get you. No, she didn't. She didn't even take her heels off. Yeah. I mean, I would have taken my heels off, yeah. dug them toes into that dirt road and uh-huh. just hoofed it. Hoof You're it. never catching me, Mia Goth. And Mia Goth's a tiny lady. Like, not a big lady. I would drop kick her out of the house (laughs) 
it would be over. I, I just feel bad for that projectionist. He was just projecting, you know, all over everything, and then she killed him. That's how I know the sex was bad. After the first time she black widowed him? No. The sex must have been good because she got him to go over to her house. And walk past a <laughs> rotting pig Mikey. on the porch and still make out. Mikey, he is virtually homeless. Of course he went over to, as no. a drummer. Paige Let me just right. say, One. that's not uncommon for us. She's like 30% unhinged at her best. So she yes. was saying sociopathic bonkers stuff to him the whole time. And he's like, yes. oh, yeah. He always knew who she was. He just didn't know to what level she'd take it. Yeah, he just didn't know what farm implements that she had. <laughs> There's a pig covered with maggots on the front porch. Yes. And he goes yes. to smash. Yeah, and he walks inside and they and they try to hook up. I was like, no, no, no. Rotting pig on porch means I run away. Now, like the car's right there. But Mikey, Mia Goth wants to smash. Are you going to walk past a rotting pig in order to smash? First off, red flag number one, a girl looking like Mia Goth wanted to smash. That means my life's in danger already. <laughs> Two, that's got to put you on edge. If you see any other red flags on top of the fact that a beautiful woman wants to have sex with you, you got to bail out. Yeah, two red flags. So if she brought me home to her front porch and there's a rotting animal out front with maggots on it, I would stop and be like, hey, what's up with this rotting animal <laughs> with maggots on it? I, I think even that's too many questions. Yeah, and, and then that was definitely a person struggling in the basement. Like, he knew that, yes. and he still tried and, to finish. And he sees her father with no one else there. It would smell, too, you know? So, like, there's so many red flags, and he's just like, yeah, let's go upstairs. I've done a lot of questionable things in my day. Nothing this egregious, but I sort of understood, you know, what was going on in his mind. Yeah, it's me a god. I get it. Yeah. But I, I, it would have stopped me. I would have been like, let's just go back to my projectionist booth. It was a pretty cool projectionist <laughs> booth. It was pretty cool. I dug it. Yeah. It seemed like a nice little, you know. Office slash projectionist slash bed slash sort of jail cellish. Porn corner. Yeah, it's fine. I would have preferred a love story between her and her husband after he got back. Yeah, Mikey, that's what I wanted. We didn't get a murder cute in this movie. Like, I wanted their love story and it just happened to be them sort of falling in love with each other and murder at the same time. He doesn't murder as much as her, but I wanted her, him to come back, her like being unhinged and then them start working together and then yes. setting up the film. Mm, see, I actually really liked what we got because I think it, it helped explain his character to me more in X where he is also trapped and has been trapped for years and is fucking terrified of her. Oh, man. Mikey, you come home wanting to see your wife after fighting the war for two years, and you walk into that. Do you stand in there longer than two seconds before you start no. running out of the house? Like, there's nothing that keeps me in that house. And yeah. if she chases me and tries to kill me, I may have to defend myself to the point of killing her. I don't think she would be able to kill her veteran husband if he was afraid of her. Like, that dynamic at the end doesn't make sense to me, Paige. First off, she obviously has some sort of magical device between her legs that lets people just do <laughs> make terrible decisions forever. And I know guys who have done 
things that they never thought they would ever do because they really enjoyed hooking up with that person, like marrying them and uh, being miserable forever. <laughs> yeah, or going to jail. Like I know some yeah. people who have done things for a loved one or a sexual partner that they shouldn't have and ended in jail. I think for me, if you walk in and you see what she's already done to those people, you don't necessarily want to chance it. I would have ratted her out, I think. No, I mean, I would have walked outside and walked out of her life forever. Well, except that he's on foot and as we've seen yeah she chased people down with that pitchfork like if he leaves he dies he absolutely dies if he tries to leave <laughs> i mean unless she has a gun no he's just come back from like two years in war yeah, starving in the trenches but she killed the projectionist guy all she needs is an opportunity I think she's got I think she got very lucky in this movie. Like she just chased someone down the street with an axe. Like anyone being out in public would ruin that. Like, <laughs> yeah, but again, they're not in public. They're they're fucking miles away from shit. They're, but they're on like a street. Yeah, she was too impulsive. She was too much of an impulsive killer for me. She is one. an impulsive killer. And I do think that's in X, we're seeing her like refined process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she's not that way in X. I mean, she is. She is impulsive, but impulsive in, and already knows how she's going to cover it up. Yeah. You know, like she gives it some time. She lulls them into a full sense of security. Because like the guy with the van, that's like where she killed that girl with the axe. Like it's out in the open yeah you know it is. so like yeah she is still impulsive and not necessarily calculating but she just has learned to cover things up better i think yeah by the time x rolls around yeah. yeah but i mean that literally is 61 years after this because that takes place in 79 and this is like 1918 18 yeah anyway i'm excited for maxine I am excited for Maxine. I don't know anything about Maxine. It's, it takes place in the 80s where the survivor goes on to try to be an actress. Oh, the survivor from X? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's got heavy 80s cocaine movie vibes, which yes. you nice. know, bring me back in on that one. Yeah, I think I'll enjoy that one more than this. I mean, I think this is a very specific film and it's not for everybody. So what you're saying, this is the last Jedi of this trilogy. No, I'd say it's it's this is Midsummer. In a way where it's like not everyone likes it, but the people that do get real into it. I'll agree with that. that. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. will. I will accept all of that. I, I can see why people like it. I, I just don't like it. Yeah. And for me, this is a unique experience because I don't like pretty much any of Ty West's other stuff except X and this. Yeah. These for me, I guess, are my my Ty West movies. These are by far his best, though. Like stuff before X was Although like. Although I've heard. Is it The Innkeepers? Uh, we haven't seen that one yet, but I have heard from somebody that one's actually really good, too, but don't know because I've never yeah, seen it. Yeah, I haven't it. seen it either. Mia Goth and Shia LaBeouf are together? That makes the most sense to me. Like, it does make I the most sense I can perfectly see that couple. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be more shocking if you were like Mia Goth and Shia LaBeouf aren't together <laughs> and be like, what? How do we make this happen? How? How is that possible? It's like Chloe and Shane. It has to happen. Oh, oh apparently they have like a complicated, like they may have been divorced and be remarried back together and not back together they seem to have a complicated type deal that also sounds just like them like I, that <laughs> yeah. sounds like that is That's the toxicity so they, they want to live so and they can live their own life you could tell me that X was based on their relationship and I would believe it well do you guys want to go through this movie scene by scene yes let's do it so we open on farm doors and a very very different score than X as the barn doors open we see almost a technicolor landscape it is very Wizard of Oz. Yes. And it is stylized in kind of an old movie vibe, which I think is a real interesting choice. Not everyone's going to like it, 
But I was just like, okay, this is completely different than the dark yeah. grittiness of X. But I fucking loved it. Dude, when yes. they did a reprise of the, the reveal shot in X, when you know Yes, the door shot. Yeah, it's it's literally the same thing except the doors are closed, and then when the doors open and you realize it literally is like a 1950s Disney film, like yes. saturation turned way up. All so the, the colors pop yep. like crazy. Like the cow in this movie looks red. That's how crazy the saturation is. Well, not only red, the cow's got these like big, big like eyelashes yes. and soft eyes. <laughs> I was like, where'd you find this cartoon cow? Um, what you don't know <laughs> is the bovine filters on TikTok are, are amazing. wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they work on manatees too, and it's real adorable. I really mm. loved that reveal. The cinematog the cinematographer for this movie also worked on X, obviously. Yes. And that dude is amazing. Uh I forget his name, but I think we talked about him last time. I'll look it up because I want I want to give him credit. We did. He's he's great. He's great. And and one of the things that they did in this movie is they recreated some of the most memorable shots from X. Yes. But in this like tele technicolor yeah. vibe and the longer it goes. So the closer it gets to X time wise, if you want to think of it that way in the third act, when this movie becomes darker and grimier, when it becomes a horror movie when it becomes a horror movie. Yeah, it starts replicating it even more. And we get a lot of those shots like from the kitchen in the house out the front screen door. Yeah. As people like pull up to the house and it's very it starts to really give you the same vibe where it's like it starts in this bright Disney place and then it really kind of puts you into that X place. Yeah. Dug it. So we open with Mia Goth dancing in the mirror dressed up and her mom walks in on her and is like, you can't wear my old dresses. Take it off and go feed the animals like I told you. In German, by the way. The credits are like three minutes of her just dancing around, which I would hate, except that is also like a 50s Disney movie, which is sort of the vibe they're nailing between the saturation of the film, the way she's mm -hmm. dressed, the score, like all of it feels a very specific vibe that I like love. So I was here for this part of the movie. Well, and what I thought was really interesting is that as the movie goes on, it uses that vibe, lighting everything. Yeah. Anytime she's fantasizing. So like yeah, when yeah, it's yeah. her world and her point of view, that's what it is, which is very interesting to have this like bright, sunny thing, but she's a murderer. Like, oh, the, like yeah. that's. And th that's how she views it, which is wild. But she's clearly delusional. Like, that's just the oh, way yes. her delusion works, which, like, that did not bother me at all. I thought I liked that part of it. Yeah. She's a delusional narcissist. But yes, anytime yeah. we are kind of living in her brain world, that's what we're seeing. Yeah. And her mom is just like, please just go, like, do your thing. Yeah, do your chores, more or less. Yeah, do but your chores. But in German. Fun fact, uh, the woman who plays her mother was actually the intimacy coordinator on X. Really? Oh. Yes. So they actually shot this at the same time as X. Like, not after. I mean, during. That makes sense. They shot the films concurrently. So they could only cast, for the most part, people who were already there. And well, it's height of pandemic, too, Yeah, because right? of COVID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or people who were close by, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You, you sir, you want to be in the movies. Well, it's a lot of, like, the crew from X acting in this, which is really interesting. But she, that woman who played the intimate, was the intimacy coordinator, played the mother in this movie, <laughs> learned German phonetically. Just her lines. They made her learn German? She chose to learn German. They told her that they could dub 
or that they could do something else. And she was like, no, I want to learn it. She learned German enough to fool two of their German crew members into thinking she was also German. I mean, that's cool. Like, that's a lot of commitment to this one. It's a lot of work. Part. Like, that's a lot she of nails work. It. She does. I think the mom is really good in this. I think she crushes it too. And that's like not an easy part to play. Like, it's wild to me that no. that's not like an actress playing that part. No, it's good, good for her. And here's what's crazy. Like, the, the mom has played very gruff and, and very air quotes mean because we're seeing Mia Goth's character's point of view. But I feel like the mom is a very human and sympathetic character. Yeah, she's just terrified of her psychopathic murderous daughter. Yes, like... The the more we spent time with the mom, I was like, I understand as a child why why hearing a parent not air quotes believe in your dreams would be frustrating. But as the mom, I fully understand where she's coming from and she's just trying to hold her shit together oh yeah like her life is not at all what she wanted it to be she got married her husband got spanish flu so now is yeah i think he got spanish he's paralyzed or whatever like i don't know how that all works but whatever the movie doesn't explain it nor does it really need to i don't care so like that was fine but like her life is going terrible because she no longer even has her husband's help with her insane murderous daughter yeah yeah, yeah. and so mia goth Puts on her overalls. Again, we get overalls because it's X, Ugh. you know, or whatever. I have a thing for overalls. I know. I'm trying to add my commentary here, but I was like, I'm liking these overalls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> also, I got one joke. Her husband was like, man, you know what sounds like a nice change of pace? Trench warfare. I'm going to go ahead and sign up and get out of here. Yeah, that's how terrifying she was. Yeah. Maybe be more empathetic over there on the front lines. You know who sounds good? The Kaiser. I got to get away from you. <laughs> he hates Germans so much that he signed up. He signed up. Well, because that's something where like at one point she's reading a newspaper and she's telling her mom and her mom is like, after dinner, I don't want to hear about any dead Germans today. Yeah. Well, she's clearly German, right? Like, she's clearly yeah. German. And it's like, we get why like the war happened. But also, could you imagine if you're like anyone I knew from my home country might be dead? Like just... Yeah. Like that's another layer to her mom that we just don't talk about all that much. And like she brings it up one more time later. But yeah, her mom for me is probably one of the most sympathetic characters in the movie. Yeah, it's a shame that she uh, gets killed. Yeah, it's just destroyed during this whole movie. Yeah, It's the villain arc. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. Pearl is a villain. That's, that is what happens. Yeah, I just don't understand why Kaiser Soze invaded France in the first place. Uh, well, it was because he was limping. And so he got a little <laughs> off course. He meant to limp to Austria, but... I think it had to do with Archduke Ferdinand. I can't remember. Some band. I, I don't the know. The band? Yeah, yeah, Anyway, <laughs> she goes out to the barn and she's talking to all her animals and she's like, she's talking to all her animals and she says to her cow, one day you'll never see me again because this life, this farm isn't for me. I'm going to be something and mom's going to feel so stupid when she finds out. And for me, I was like, this is her Boogie Nights moment of just like, <laughs> I'm going to be a star. Just like... <laughs> I mean, it is her Boogie Nights moment, but she's having it with a cow. And because she's full on delusional and it's like the saturation's turned up to 11, I really needed that cow to talk back to her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to commit murder. murder. <laughs> what? And, and this might disturb you as well. I want you to think about all the Disney princess films. And how basically this scene is one of the inciting incidents for all of them. Because like yeah. this is Ariel being like, I want to be where the people are. I want to yeah. see them dancing. 
this is Belle being like, I want so much more than this provincial life. Yeah, I want a boyfriend who can read. And if any one of them had been a murderer, it would be this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, generally people want to better themselves and they're not murderers. But yeah, you're kind of right. right? Yeah, but like, you know, sometimes they are murderers and sometimes you have to have that reveal with a cow like you're in a Mickey Mouse movie. Yeah, but that's kind of juxtaposition of that knowing that she's a murderer. Kind of like it tickles me a bit. I don't know. I'm just like, it's wild that they did it this way. I mean, I'm the one over here wanting the cow to talk back. Yeah. That's utterly ridiculous. Oh my God. I love it. That was amazing, Mikey. Really milking these cow jokes. (laughs) There's not a lot of humor left in us lately, but... Bullshit. Listen, a lot of people on social media love this movie, but I'm not going to kowtow to what they want us to say. I'm going to stay true to what I think. Wow. Nailed it. Wow. So there's a candy called Cowtails that I really like. And it's, uh, it's like caramel with marshmallow. It's not marshmallow. It's cream, which I, I like cream better than marshmallow. <laughs> I'm so glad I have that isolated audio. I yeah. like cream. Yeah. Mom's going to feel so stupid when she finds out. And you know that <laughs> cow uh, was grass fed because that milk is pasteurized. I don't think you know what pasteurization means. Like that was the cadence of a joke, but like there okay. wasn't a joke there. Do you guys get it? Because like a field is a pasture. I do, but like pasteurized is also a thing. Yeah, but it's like not grass fed. You know, it's like a different thing. So it's like a pun. Actually, grass fed usually wouldn't be pasteurized. Hang on, guys. Let's let, let's like actually break down why Mikey's joke wasn't funny. So like, <laughs> what, like I feel like I feel like people out there. I want to do like an American Idol style. Like, call into this number and press one if you thought it was funny, and press two if you're like, eh. and press three for a lifeline to understand it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm open that I just might be very dumb when it comes to pasteurization, and maybe that joke was fire to all you farmers out there but like just correct me online i guess i want to know if it's funny i want the feedback <laughs> you know Mikey, you're the one who made the joke you have to know if it's funny or not you don't know until it's out there <laughs> you hope you pray i love mikey's approach to comedy it is very much just like throw shit at a wall and see if someone laughs. You know what you get shit from? A pasture where you can pasteurize the cow. Paige, I finally get the joke. Do you? No! <laughs> <laughs> Do you, are you guys telling me you don't like my pearls of humor? God, no, I love you No, you cast you so your much. pearls before swine. <laughs> I like it that family was like, here's a pig. And Mia was like, bitch, I have a farm. We have pigs. I, I, I mean, like, what? Well, but they don't because all their animals died. Like, they desperately needed it. They weren't eating well, but they didn't want to accept the charity. It's a pride thing. Yeah. But also, I think it's a sickness thing because I think her mom is paranoid that someone will bring illness into the house and it's a risk. I think after what happened to their, you know, Pearl's dad. Yeah. She is paranoid of that because it happened to one of them. Yeah. Yeah. This movie really teased out that he would get eaten by a crocodile on the end of the dock. And I was super pissed it never happened. Oh, yeah. We never got that resolution. Yeah. I thought the same thing, Mikey. So she has her Boogie Nights moment. Which the Boogie Nights moment is sort of dancing around the barn and like climbing up on the hay and stuff, which was cool. Like I love campy shit. And like I thought we were going to get like a full on campy horror movie at this point. And I was so on board for this for the first like 20 minutes page. Was it was it the scarecrow that turned you around where you were like, "Mm -mm." no, oddly enough, I was still on board after the scarecrow because that's also campy. Like if you're going to go horror campy. 
you're going to end up dry humping a scarecrow till you orgasm. Like, that's right? just going to happen. It's the last straw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the show, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> oh, my God. I just realized that we watched this movie today, right? So, like, yes. it's still rattling around. I'll bring it up when we get to it. So the goose walks into the barn and she just, like, pitchforks that goose. And here's the thing. If they're really starving. Okay, Mikey. So th this is what just occurred to me. I'll, when she brings the projectionist to the barn, she says, we used to have other animals, but they died and doesn't say why. You yeah, think she she's them. been killing the animals? They haven't been dying yes. of disease? I thought yeah. that too, yes. because she does talk about killing multiple animals in that awesome monologue. And we only really see her kill that one, right? Mr. Goose, right. as she calls well, him. And the, the eggs for the alligator. The alligator egg, you're right, yeah. But when her mom, because her mom hints that I know what you're doing and it makes me scared of you. Yeah. But she doesn't go into detail. I think the mom knows the animals aren't dying of disease. I think she knows that she's killing them. Yes, I agree. I thought that too, Paige. Yeah. I had not connected all of those dots yet to that, like, she was killing their farm animals. I just thought it was animals general. But now that, like, okay, the goose was probably their goose. Like, Yeah, Mr. Goose had a Mrs. Goose and some goose yeah. children and some goose cousins. And they had some geeses and gephews. Yeah, like they, <laughs> they were familyed up. Yeah, and they were the head of the V. Like, I don't know if insurance covers pitchforks like for geese. I don't know. I don't know. I think you got to have that special pitchfork policy because like normally they're <laughs> like they're a flying bird. They don't encounter that many pitchforks. Sorry, you're not covered for act of pearl. Yeah. So yeah, that's why you got to switch to Aflac. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we finally got uh -huh. to the uh, mm -hmm. Aflac joke. Now we can move on. Uh -huh. Text one if you like that joke. <laughs> that joke I got, Mikey. That one I got. <laughs> that joke made sense. Yeah. So she takes that goose on a fork and goes to feed it to the crocodile or gator, which she has named. And comes when she calls it. Yeah. It's clear that this is not the first time she's fed it, which I think sort of plays into what you were just saying, Paige, that she's been killing the other animals on their farm too and feeding it to the crocodile or gator or whatever. Or gator, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, we cut to the house at night and we get a title card that says 1918. And her mom is trying to prep dinner. She's peeling potatoes and she's just like, hey, I need help at the farm. I can't do everything myself. Please help me. The dancing is just foolishness like i need like i have tangible things that we need to get done to stay eating like to stay alive yeah to stay alive yes and she asks if there's any letters in the post there aren't but this is where she picks up that newspaper and her mom is like no more dead germans today yeah and she brings her dad in a wheelchair to the dinner table. And he is, he cannot feed himself. He needs basically everything done for him. Yeah. He's like yeah. completely paralyzed. Yes. So they have dinner. She feeds her, her dad. And then we cut to a scene of her reading him letters from the war. And it's... Howard, basically her husband. Yeah. And she gives her dad medicine, tells him she'll pick up more medicine tomorrow and she'll stop by the movies, but don't tell mom. But then she gets in a bath next to him naked while he sits there because she didn't want to waste the hot water and nothing ever comes of this. Like this happens a couple times. Yeah. But I think it, it goes to suggest that she has some unhealthy boundaries going on. I mean, she's a murderer, yeah. so that well, yeah, is yes, very but possible. Like, that this is odd. 
It, yes. It's an odd behavior, I would say. Yeah. Well, it's also 1918 when, like, I don't know, people did weird shit back then. For me, it was one of those things where I didn't need it, but what it did add was this ability to question her judgment early on because she has all the control in that situation. He obviously can't move, you yeah. know, or whatever. I mean, he literally is trapped there. Yeah. Like yeah, he's trapped there. And for me, a little bit, that's her manipulating him. Like, that's her making this awkward and her participating in a weird situation that he cannot leave or extricate himself from. And her mother walks in on it and is upset. Yeah. Clearly upset by it. So it's not like this is like a family thing. Yeah. I think the most he could do is maybe close his eyes because I think he does have that muscular control because I think we see him do that at one point. Yeah. But like that's all he could do. He cannot move the wheelchair he's in at all. Just like me, he's powerless in front of a naked gorgeous woman. Oh no, Mikey, no. <laughs> but unlike you, he's powerless to move his body. Like he's trapped and she can do sort of whatever she wants, which we see her do later almost choke him to death while he's watching her bathe. She's like practicing. It's yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Bad. Yeah. It's hard to make jokes about that part though, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Press one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a voicemail box or anything like like we, we yeah, there's nowhere not, yeah. where people can call yeah all you got to do to leave a voicemail is call like you know i guarantee you it's not a real number it's 615 <laughs> oh shit that's my number <laughs> that is my number okay all right well i am gonna go ahead and bleep that out <laughs> And uh, Wait, thank you but so while you're much, at it, Mikey. What's your social and the last four? <laughs> what of... is this, a Twitch stream? I'm not going to give you guys my credit card information. Mistake. I'm sorry, you set me up for that too good. I know. Give it to right. us so we can buy sausage. <laughs> I'm just really excited for barbecue next week. Me too. Slash is going to be great. But you could also leave a voicemail on our Google voicemail, which is top. <laughs> gmail.com Well that's just my email address You can't leave a voice on an email address Just record your voice and send it to Todd's email He's filtering them all out He loves to do it But then do it sexy so he can use yeah. it like Dipsy <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah do that Yeah But it, I thought it was weird too You do feel like ick watching most of the film uh, Yeah Because her character is very ick Yeah so her mom comes in and is kind of appalled, but she basically just tells her the money for the medicines on the kitchen table and remember to cover your face, cover your face and don't be close to anyone because this is the Spanish influenza. And so and no one expects it. No, no one, one expects, expects the Spanish, Spanish influenza. influenza. <laughs> they didn't expect it in 2020 either. Yep. Too soon, bro. Well, it wasn't called the Spanish influenza in 2020, which makes me believe. Calling it Spanish influenza is probably super racist. <laughs> you know, it's like like when rednecks would say uh, the China virus or whatever. Yeah. Oh, God. I was like, guys, it's the everywhere virus right now. No, I mean, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm, I know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, but we cut to her going to town in Technicolor again. Yeah. Where she picks up liquid morphine for two bits, please. Um, I do love how she like goes to the movies and then like, starts to drink the morphine. I was like. Yeah, that's what a murderer would do. Well, Ah, because somebody coughs near her, so she drinks the morphine. I was like, now what would be really crazy is if like the next section of the movie got real wild because she was just high on morphine. That'd be awesome. (laughs) But anyway, as she leaves, she pauses in an alley to look at the playbill for the movies because movies used to have playbills. Yeah. 
And the projectionist pops out into the alley and is just like, hey, like, do you want a cigarette? You're pretty. You know, you could dance up there. And he's hitting on her, like, oh, clearly. absolutely trying to pick her up. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, it's me, a goth. Like, I get it. Yeah. He may not have noticed the ring. Maybe he doesn't care. Like, I don't know. She's not really wearing one. Oh, I thought we see her wearing one at one point. But I, I honestly. At one point we do. But okay. most of the movie, she doesn't have it. Especially when she's doing farm chores and stuff. That's fair. But I think we see it on the way back from this. Yeah. I mean, they do establish that she is married a few times, though. Like, I, like, yeah. But he may not know that at this point. I mean, obviously, he does later. He does not care. She tells him right here. Well, that's what I'm saying. He does later, but doesn't care. So, I mean, clearly, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he doesn't care. The only thing I, I noticed in this shot was the big pink pipe out of the side of the uh, movie that. theater. I was like, okay, that is... The coolest pipe ever. Yeah, symbolism. I know, right? I mean, there's no way they didn't paint that, right? Uh, I mean, they could have. Because the, the whole town is like candy color. Yeah, exactly. Which I kind of love. Yeah. Which, like, for most of the farmhouse and stuff, that we, they've been doing a lot of this in, in like, post-production or light tricks, right? Yeah. This is one of the few times that we see a set outside the farm that is not just done with light tricks. It is made to look like candy it's yeah. really interesting it is but he invites her up and she says no uh but he cuts out a frame from the movie she saw because he's the projectionist so he'll just splice the scenes back together and one frame will be missing i once had a projectionist do this for me yeah wait really uh-huh back in the day what frame do you have um it was a scene from one of the Harry Potter's on IMAX it was the IMAX because the IMAX still used so film big old film yeah and it was bigger so you could like it was cool I had it up in like my college stuff what did you do with it well that's very cool I lost it that's also really rare because projectionists stopped splicing yeah like forever ago yep yep uh it was like 2005 four six jeez that's crazy and you just lost it I lost it Man. Probably worth a lot of money. Yeah. Anyway, she drives home or rides home on her bike and the cell flies out of her pocket and she tries to find it, but there's no hope. So she finds herself in a clearing in a cornfield. I mean, she, I love that he like gave her this like thoughtful gift and then just like Mikey loses it immediately in a cornfield. <laughs> it's not the only thing she loses in the cornfield. Uh, I, I get the feeling she's lost it with this corny dude before. I mean, well, we know she's married, so like... I think there have been at least one dude before. Well, I, I just mean like she has definitely done this with the scarecrow before. I just don't know if she's ever had a corn cob like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, she finds a clearing. She finds a scarecrow. She takes it down and <laughs> proceeds to ride it. I, I mean, they have they have a dance. They 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 have a, that's true. They do dance. They have a whole little courtship that goes on, and then she seals the deal. We really need to talk about something on this scene. Do okay. we? Yeah. I can't imagine what. This poor farmer who makes conservatively the best looking scarecrow I've ever seen. Oh, Mikey, he puts so much time into it. So much time and effort into it. Yeah. And it was like a work of art and love. Like this man stuck at a farm. He's living his own movie. Like his name, his movie's like Hank or something where he's like wishes to be an artist. And the only outlet he has is to build this scarecrow. Yeah. And then he comes in the next day and some girl has torn it down and shredded it in the field. By humping it to completion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why is it completely intact instead of the pel like just the pelvis is just straw. 
And it's just left up to Hank to make another one for her to sexually assault again. For her to corn cobulate with. (laughs) Exactly. And those things aren't easy. They call him the Michelangelo of the Midwest for a reason, Paige. (laughs) Hank is good at making those things. That's because he's good at painting titties, but also scarecrows. (laughs) Well, he definitely got a blue ribbon at the state fair for his scarecrow. Oh, yeah. I I just felt bad for him. Because, you know, like... It was a good looking scarecrow. Well, it's because it's got like a full face and everything. And she pictures the projectionist face on it and screams at it that like, I'm married. And you're just like, oh, this is dark. Yeah, this is a red flag. Well, I mean, I do think also humping a scarecrow to completion is a red flag. Like this is another red flag on top of that one. I mean, what is a scarecrow if not a real doll? It's the real American doll of the, of the simple people of the corn. If I only had a brain. If I only hang some brain. <laughs> Wait, do you think she's pregnant after this? With a little corn dog in there? Yeah. <laughs> it's got its father's ears. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's a straw man argument. <laughs> anyway, she takes his hat. She does, which I think is fair if you hump a scarecrow to completion. Yeah. Which is yeah. also a fancy hat that he was probably spent money on to like, because he's like, I... I spent a lot of time sculpting this face. Let's get a waterproof hat to put on there because I've taken the time. Yeah. I feel bad for Hank, man. I want Hank's movie mm-hmm. where all he wants to do is to make sculptures and be left alone. But Janice is coming back from the big city because her uncle died and now she has to take over the Christmas tree farm or whatever and Hank has to show her how to manage it. No, here's what I want. Quirky Netflix documentary where we cut to Hank and he's like, I make Nebraska's premier artisanal corn erotic sculptures. Or Texas. It's Texas, right? Yeah, they're in Texas. That would be the show now. I mean, like yeah. 100%. And then we like cut to, he's like, here's a room in my house where I keep my prototypes and it's just so all corn. <laughs> this is my corn uh, fleshlight. I call it the corn cobber. I've got a pretty serious corn addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you where I keep it. I call it corn hub because it's where I keep all my corns. I've been involved in making pornographic films since the late 80s. <laughs> this one from our casting couch series stars Mia Goth. <laughs> yeah, I'm a recovering corn addict. Mikey just couldn't stop himself from popping off left and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. still can't believe a woman at your sorority got her microwave privileges taken away for bur- almost burning down the house from popcorn. Sorry. That just popped into my head. Yeah, multiple times. And then she couldn't come with us when we went to the AVN Awards, the American Vegetable Network Awards. <laughs> yeah. And the winner for most confusing vegetable, <laughs> tomato again. <laughs> this year, not a fruit. Still not a fruit, guys. And the award for best pop shot in a microwave goes to <laughs> Corn Hub. Gosh. I love how we're the kind of friends that will set up a very dumb premise and just yes and each other until we get from her in a field humping a scarecrow to the AVN awards, but it's vegetables instead of porn. Yes. I think you mean corny premise. Okay. I mean, yeah. You know, most theaters have corn if you ask the right person, (laughs) namely the guy behind the concession stand. The the ageless projector it is. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, you got her. There she goes. We got it. We got it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you cross the threshold out of medium funny to high funny, and yeah, that is, we got it. We, that, yeah, we, it's just too much. It's too much for me. We got to pop this on like you know, just like low for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a full-on spit take she just spit water out of her mouth Mikey. anyway great form on that scarecrow yeah do you know this was his first pornographic film <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a pro scare pro yeah he a was definitely pro. a scare pro bro anyway in the teens the wild 1918s they needed internet and so all other oh, stuff oh they needed any form of entertainment when your church is pulling together dancers for entertainment purposes, you're in a bleak time for entertainment. Yeah. And sending them on a tour. I can think of nothing more boring than watching church ladies dance at church. Well, have you ever stared at the sky in your field? Because that's all that's <laughs> your other choice. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they're, they're just so hurting for entertainment. Anyway, so she grinds <laughs> on the scarecrow. She comes home late and her mom is like, where the fuck have you been? And she's just like, nowhere. Like, you've been watching that vegetable corn? No. Uh, <laughs> you fucked the scarecrow again, didn't you? <laughs> smell like popcorn. Ugh. There's butter all over you. <laughs> Mom, smell my fingers. What is that? Why do you have dried butter all on your face? I told you, you don't yearn where you turn. <laughs> <laughs> Press one. If you think no. that was a logic, <laughs> Anyway, and her mom gets mad that she brought the hat back. She's like, you don't know where this has been. And she's like, oh, you don't know where that scarecrow's been, mom. You don't know where that scarecrow put his cob away. <laughs> I gave him a cob job. What? <laughs> Got off all the kernels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because of the war. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Press one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway she comes in and the mom is like can you please go take care of your father so i can make dinner because she's like i'm one person yeah so this is another kind of weird bathing scene between her and the dad and this is where she like pinches his hand yeah she's like fucking with his face and like starts to choke him and stuff yeah because she's clearly feeling it out like oh definitely is yeah so we cut to dinner and her mom is like, where's the rest of the money I gave you? There was eight. There should have been eight cents left over. And she's like, oh, I must have bought some candy. And she says, cool, then you don't get dinner. Yeah. Because like we don't have money. And she's married. She's supposed to be an adult. Yeah, I got that she was like 2021. 20, so like still yeah. young, but like, you know, husband's off in the war, you know? Well, like, like it's like 40 yeah. in 1918 or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. She probably could have gotten married at like 16, I bet. Wait. Where are they? Texas? They're in Texas. Texas. She can get married at 16 now in Texas with like a doctor's note or whatever. I prescribe you one marriage. <laughs> Stay home from work for one week. <laughs> anyway, so she's going to go to bed and her mom is like, I didn't excuse you, but I need to basically lecture you on what's going down. You yeah. cannot be careless with money. We do not have money. It is up to you and I to survive because no one else is going to help us. We have to be mindful. She goes, also, spoiler, we're at war with Germany and we're German. So like you got to be more careful yeah. with what you do with money and your time because I didn't raise you to be weak and I need your help here. Yeah. Which is a lot to put on a person, but also very real to their circumstances. It is very real to their circumstances. And she is an adult and her mother needs help. Like this movie would be sort of a compelling like... 
what it was like in wartime America during World War One story if Pearl was like not a psychopathic killer. Like right. this would be an interesting story on its own, but the fact that she is insane and killing people makes it even more crazy and makes it very scary for the mom. Yeah. Who presumably loves the father and probably doesn't want to just leave the dad there with Mia, who's definitely going to kill him. Right. Like, she's got to feel so trapped in this situation. Absolutely. And how insulting must it feel for Mia Goth's character, who still has some freedom, who still has a husband who is potentially alive. She still gets to go to town to do all of this stuff. Yeah. For her to be like, I'm trapped because of you. Yeah. Like, well, that is what sets off their fight later. But like, oof, Magoof would a slap in the face. But like, also, why didn't Mia just go? Like, at every point in this movie where she could choose like the path of least resistance. Yeah. She always chooses what's more difficult for her. And that's what made me mad about this script. Because I was like, none of this makes sense if you were actually a murderer. You wouldn't do it this way. Well, as the great and wise Blade once said, some, some motherfuckers, motherfuckers ice skate uphill. uphill. All right, you know what? That's fair, Wesley, and I apologize. Blade has spoken. I think, A, you also have to consider she does have limited choices. She doesn't have no choices, but she has limited choices. And I think if she left and just went out on her own, just like took her bike and fucking went, I think she probably ends up as a sex worker to survive. Well, I mean, I think she would be getting her husband's paycheck, right? Or at least some of it. But where? Like, if, if she's not at the house, how's she going to get that check? I, I don't know. Contact the U.S. government and be like, hey, I moved to this address. But if you don't have money, you don't have no address. Like, that's the thing. Like, so she there are things to think about if she leaves. I'm not saying she couldn't. I mean, she could plan ahead, though. She could like, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, we don't ever address any of that stuff. So like, I honestly don't know if she gets any of her husband's paycheck. That's like just speculation because I don't know, you know, like she yeah, might not be. So that might not even be a way out for her. Well, and well, she can't have a bank account. Remember? Can't well, true. Have- yeah. I mean, because it's. A terrible time to, to be a woman in America. Yeah. there There is an element for me of she does not have inf- like infinite options. I think she has some. I don't think she has to kill her parents. She doesn't have to kill anybody. Right? No, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. not. Like that's all I'm saying. No. It's the only thing she could do. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I understand her feeling limited, but everyone is. And the fact that she cannot see that those around her are also kind of in this same boat so and she's also suffering. limited and the rest of them are limited too. Right. The source. Press one. If you... <laughs> That's a two right there. That's a press two. (laughs) Anyway, the next day, she's milking the cow and a car pulls up to the house and this is her sister-in-law. And this is how we kind of learn that her husband's family is well off. Like, they have money. Yeah. And she is kind of friends with Mitzi. Mitzi tells her about the dance competition that she wants to do. And this is where they bring the pig and her mom won't take it. And we watch as her mother-in-law is like, please, we know you're suffering. Just take it. Like, just please let us help you. And her mom won't. Yeah. Now, we don't have context for why. We don't get enough of that story. There could be reasons. But, you know, I I think the potential infection is a big one that she's worried about food from other people. You think she's worried about getting the Spanish flu from the pig? Yeah, potentially. Yeah. I mean, it was the 1918s. I doubt they knew exactly what was going on with like bacteria and all that shit so it could in their minds come from anywhere anything right so like that makes as much sense to me as like there's some internal family drama that caught 
a certain not want to take the pig. But like I wouldn't look a gift pig in the mouth. Like I would definitely take that pig. I would have taken that pig. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, this is where we also find out that like her husband didn't want to be the rich kid. He wanted to kind of make his own way, be a farmer go to war yeah um and they were willing to try and get him out of war but he did not want to yeah so they leave to go drop off more pigs because apparently they're rich enough to have multiple and drop them at people's houses they're rich enough to have multiple giveaway pigs right right that's rich i don't have multiple giveaway pigs nope so mia goth goes back to her room and pictures herself dancing because now she's got to try and find a way to get to that dance audition yeah because she's decided that's her big break to movie stardom yeah so that night she kind of secrets her way through the house to get a dress and a top hat and rides into town uh to the theater to meet with the projectionist and she tells him about the audition i feel like this is kind of her only friend because outside of mitzi she doesn't really seem to have anyone to talk to, you know? And and here's the thing. I think if she was helping and would talk to her mom, I think her mom would talk to her. But I think there's a strained relationship because her mom is terrified that she's a serial killer. I think it's all because she's a psychopathic, narcissistic serial killer. Yeah, like yeah. Mm-hmm. people avoid her or are killed by her. I mean, the two people you mentioned that she talks to in this movie, actually three people. She kills all everyone. Of them die. Yeah. yeah, she kills all so, of them. Yeah, yeah, but I like a woman in a dress and a top hat. That's like a new awakening for me. I honestly, honestly have never seen a top hat rocked like this. I wasn't not into it. I don't hate a top hat. You know what? I, I feel like that's one of those ones where like it's a statement for sure. Oh, yeah. So you got to like just own it if you're going to pull it off. You got to have it with confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah, but she does. She looks great in it. I mean, the projectionist is super into it. He was cute. I get it. This is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. (laughs) Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Horror Virgin here. (laughs) Talk about Factor. (laughs) Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby Uh slash second job called podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so much work for you. (laughs) Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. (laughs) Cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor. They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. But anyway, Factor's amazing. So just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 to get 50% off. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
Anyway, so she's just kind of talking to him and he's clearly trying to hook up with her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he shows her porn the first night they hang out. This is that night where he he's like, let me show you something that nobody else has seen. And it is, by the way, this is a real uh, historical like porno movie. This is an old film. Oh, wait. Uh, from the time. Really? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's called uh, the pornographic film shown is a free ride from 1915. A real vintage stag film. The film's production is the subject of some debate. Uh, it surfaced in the 1970s and was at one point sold by a shady distributor as a hardcore film from the 1915s. But a silent film historian has posited that it was actually probably made in the early 1920s. Okay. So it technically was probably made a little bit after this movie takes place. But right. either way, it is an old vintage porn. That's interesting. It and is an old vintage porn. I didn't realize that we had that kind of stuff from back then. Oh, yeah, dude. There's tons of it. There's cave drawings of boobies, man. Well, I that's don't mean like, like that. I mean, like, I did. you know, that's an early time for videography to begin with, you know? So there's porn as early as there is film, just period. And a lot of it, because a lot of film cameras... Like while they were making commercial ones, there were also some available for like hobbyists. Yeah. And it was very, very easy to do that if you had a developing room. But it was illegal to film sexual acts for a long time. But there are like a lot of it survived, too. So there's a lot of like you could go screen a bunch of vintage erotica if you want to. It's kind of fascinating what people found titillating at the time versus now. But yeah, there's tons of silent era porn out there. Interesting. Anyway. She does not take the bait. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't like reality. I don't like where I live. And he's like, so leave. And she's like, it's not that easy. And he's like, there's a road out front that takes you straight to New York. Yeah. And she just goes, well, when mom and dad are gone, then I could do what I want. And he's like, what if that's too late? And she's just like, if only they would die. And he just says, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Like, I beg your pardon? And she's just like, nothing. It was just nice to talk to somebody for a change. So, like, I'll see you around, I guess. And the fact that he still tries to smash after that very troubling conversation. Yeah. Just shows, like, the kind of person a projectionist is. Uh, what's the point of listening to a stranger's sad conversation if you can't smash? I mean, that's fine, but Mikey, it's Mia Goth, and she's talking about how she wishes her parents were dead. Everybody wishes their parents were dead sometimes. That's, I mean, not often. Not necessarily. Not really, no. Yeah. That's not my experience. Well, it's in her name, okay? She's she Mia is sort Goth. of Goth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but she says to him as she leaves, she's like, do you really believe it? Do you really think I could be in the pictures? And he says, hey, I'd watch you in one of the ones that, like we saw like right now. Like hint, 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 wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I like how he answers. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'd record you. Is that the sound of him cranking the camera, Mikey? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Well, back at this time, you had to hand crank for speed. <laughs> yeah, so you So you have to get really good at like cranking in rhythm. Yeah. So I guess in a way, if you were used to cranking down in rhythm at home, that could help you on set. Oh, there's no way this dude is not a master at cranking it. You know what I'm saying? He's a yeah. projectionist. That's all he does all night. Oh, yeah. So she goes home and her mother is crying and she gets up the next morning and this is where she wheels her dad out to where the, the gator is. And she literally, she's gonna dump him into that gator. Yeah, he's super close to the gator and the gator's like swimming up. Like, I thought for sure the dad was dead here, but the mom shows up and saves him, I guess. I, there was not enough people yeah. eaten by an alligator and I'm so mad about it. That's fair. I mean, we do get that split screen montage of her cutting the bodies up and like throwing them to the, to the gator. Not enough. 
I want a live, like, if you're going to do it, I want a live person eight. I mean, then X is the movie for you. Yeah, and I think that's what Mikey said at the beginning. X is his movie because Britney Snow gets eaten by a gator. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this movie just teases me over and over again with different people and animals on this dock, and only a goose gets ate. <laughs> I need to run to the restroom really quickly. I'll be right back. Do you think we're waiting here for Paige to take her, her inaugural shit, shit yeah, at her first so. house? And I'm so happy about it. Honestly, Mikey, I'm just thrilled that we're having this moment together with her, even though mm-hmm. we're not in the bathroom with her. I wish she would have taken her laptop. <laughs> there we differ, but I'm just honored to be waiting <sighs> on the Zoom call while she kerplunks the first time in that new house of hers. Blop, 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 blop. <laughs> okay, neither you nor Paige mentioned this, but a few episodes ago... I said something like, we got to power through this turd. And both you and Paige went, like made that sound. Yeah. So I went and got the sound of a turd hitting the water and (laughs) dropped that sound effect in. So it sounds like you guys are taking a shit. (laughs) That's funny. I listen to that podcast. I know you don't listen to the episodes, but Paige typically does. And she didn't say anything about it. So she didn't listen to that episode. I got like three DMs about that. They were like, hey, did you mean to put that in? I was like, yeah. Of course I meant yeah, to put that in. we plopped a turd. Of course we meant. Yeah. So her mom interrupts them at the dock and is just like, what were you about to do? And I think her mom knows because of the animals and everything. She was like, he's fucking toast. She's going to try and kill him. Yeah. I think her mom's been watching her escalate behavior and realizes yeah. what's happening and makes it there just in time. Yep. And this is where she finds the nest with the gator eggs and takes one and then just crushes it and pictures Howard exploding. Yeah, she takes it and like goes to the barn. Like she like, yeah. I thought she was just gonna hide it there for a while or whatever. Yeah, me too. To like raise a gator, I wasn't sure. Raise a gator is my restaurant idea. My like my pet store. I'm sorry. You said restaurant and, then and pet, pet store? store. Yeah, it's like I a... hate this already. <laughs> you just bring them back after you raise them, and then. By uh... the way, Natalie listens to uh, our "Pray for the Devil" episode, and she came home and she was like, "Did." Mikey really say he would have come over and drop kicked Pupcake to death? And I was like, yeah, I think he either said that or that he was going to drown her in a kiddie pool full of holy water. But either way, yeah, he talked about murdering our dog. (laughs) It's not a crime because they're not people. (laughs) I don't think that that's true, right? No, it's definitely a crime. Yeah. I'll see you in court. Kangaroo court. (laughs) And you know I can beat that. No, you cannot. There's (laughs) Your Honor, may I approach the bench? Oh, you think you fucking can? I so much just want to get this shit kicked out of me by a kangaroo for some reason. <laughs> I would love to see it, honestly. For charity or something? Just like watch my ass get beat. Just Mikey and a kangaroo in a boxing ring, both wearing boxing gloves. Just think about like every like two minutes I'm in the corner. You guys are like splaying water on me, like wiping off the blood. And I'm like, I can't see his hook coming at me. And I'm just over there like his cut man. Like, you got it. You got this, Mikey. You got it. You got it. <laughs> He drops his he drops his paw before he throws the haymaker. Watch out, he can balance on his back tail. Mikey, so can, can kangaroos? I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I glued a tail to me for this fight. <laughs> Just streamers. Anyway, her mom confronts her about the movies at dinner. Yeah. And she's like, so you went and sat in the movie theater. You didn't buy candy, which means that you could have infected us from other being around other people. Yeah. So you need to go sleep in the bunkhouse, which is basically the room above the barn. And this is where she's like, whatever, there's a dance audition in town and I'm going. And her mom is like, no, you're not. And she's like, 
yeah, I got to find out if I'm good enough. And she's like, good enough for what? And she just says something more than this. And then her mom lays into her and is like, yeah, I don't know how you can be so ungrateful. Do you not think that we have sacrificed so much for you to have even this and it is not good enough? And she's just like, whatever. I'm only young once. And then her mom gets real real and is like, do you think I didn't have things and dreams that I wanted. Sometimes you don't get to choose. You don't always get what you want. Sometimes you need to take care of what you have. And this is where she goes into, I've seen the things that you've done. Others won't notice, but I know who you are. And I know to be frightened of you, of basically what you're doing. Yeah. So you can't always get what you want to get what you need yeah and what i need is Just more corn cobs oh okay. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> that's what the beatles were talking about when they sang that song Yo. yeah all you need is cobs <laughs> my question to you two would you eat an alligator omelet absolutely i've had gator omelet that she took the eggs she cooks them up yeah eggs and egg oh i try it yeah mm-hmm. i try it they're probably not fertilized right because there's only one gator in the lake i don't know how you like your eggs, girl, fried or fertilized? Gatored. That's where you put up a baby gate and you have to hurdle over it. And the one who hurdles over the most gets to be on top. A lot of work. You know what? A healthy sexual relationship is work. Yeah, Mikey. I'm not going to like have a contest to be on top of like, oh, no, I lost. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we both tripped over the game. I'm not even going to make you a quesadilla because I put in no effort. It's a microwave quesadilla, Mikey. It's the least you could do. Press one for quesadillas because it's only like a minute and you just need to melt the cheese. <laughs> They're not staying over. I'm not giving her one of my quesadillas. He's not having sex with her and catering, Paige. <laughs> also, you should make them on a stovetop. They taste better. A stovetop? What, are they married? I'm just going to order Taco Bell from Uber Eats and call it a day. Give me some cinnamon twisties. Yeah, but she's got to leave before the driver gets here. It's a contest. Like, can you get her out of the house before Uber Eats arrives? If oh. not, you have to give her half your quesadilla and Mexican pizza. She can't touch my Mexi melts, though. I'm hungry. Me too. Me too. <laughs> but her mom is basically like, you're not well and you're going to hurt somebody And I can't let you leave this farm again because I can't verify that you're not going to bring back sickness to us or hurt somebody on the outside. Yeah. And I have a lot of regrets and my life is tough, but like I need to defend the world against you and picks up the knife on the table and just says, oh, should I just kill him for you? Because that's what you want. (laughs) You wanted to kill him. Yeah. And and she's confronting her about it and says basically like, if you want to leave, go. And when you fail and you will remember what it feels like, because that's what I do. That's how I feel every time I see you, which is a harsh ass thing to say to a person. It is, but like deserved, right? Like, I mean, they, well, and this is where they get into a slap fight. And yeah. Ugh, yeah. the mom is just like, you're not better than me. Which is true. She's not better than her. The mom is way better than Mia and the mom's terrible. But I do love during that conversation when they're like, when the mom is like, you want to kill him? Let me, I'll just kill him for you or whatever. And like they cut to the dad who's just like doing the best eye acting I've ever seen. Because he's like, oh my God, I can't fucking move. Oh, that would be terrifying, man. 
That'd be so scary. Uh, they slap fight into the fireplace where the mom catches on fire. Yeah. Unfortunately, she's got some sort of polyester blend going on. <laughs> yeah, for skin. Yeah, and she goes up unprovoked. Like, it <laughs> unprovoked. Is, she's like, insane. damn it, I cooked all of this potatoes in gasoline oil and it spilled all over me. Oh no, I cooked all of the potatoes and also the evil spell book from Hereditary. Oh no. <laughs> And this is way before they invented stop, drop, and roll. So she just stands yeah. and let the flames overtake her. Yeah. Which was the old name of it, which just did not yeah, work yeah, yeah. well. Stand and let the flames overtake you. Yeah. 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 It honestly wasn't as catchy. I mean, it's a banger church hymn, but it's a really <laughs> bad instructional guide on what to do when you catch on fire. She she goes up so fast. I was like, damn, girl. <laughs> you used too much hairspray this morning. Inflammable <laughs> means flammable. What a country! Like that kind of—that's the level well, of flames that we're. It's talking unfortunately about. a methane farm, so <laughs> she indeed smelt it and dealt it. So really, this is on her. <sighs> anyway, uh, Pearl does put her out with water, but by then her mother is covered head to toe in burns. Well, that's what her mom gets. For giving her the third degree. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Press three for third degree. So she puts her down in the root cellar and just leaves her there, which like slowly dying from burns all over your body would be so excruciatingly painful. Like, oh. oh. Yeah. Or unintentionally hilarious like Will Ferrell in that Austin Powers movie he cameoed in. Where he's just like under the floor. I'm very badly burned, but I'm not quite dead yet. I haven't seen the movie in forever. I forgot that happened. It's an old reference, sir, but it, it checks, checks out. out. Yeah. <laughs> so she runs out, just leaving her dad by the dinner table, just yeah, abandoning him. Well, where's he going to go, Paige? Yeah, exactly. But so she goes to see the projectionist and we have like a little like a dream sequence flashback of her dancing. Yeah. But she sees her parents in the audience with part of her mom's face burned off. Yeah. Yeah. It's OK, though, because it wasn't her good side. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Well, because she hit like six instead of just using the popcorn setting. And that's why she <laughs> doesn't have microwave privileges anymore. Well, then her mom turned to the guy next to her and was like, just use the name they used to call me at the quilters, uh, the quilters meeting. She's like, he's like Two Face. Oh God, quilters meeting. I don't know. I'm trying to like, what's the farm version of Eternal Affairs? Um. Oh, use the name that they called me at the Farmers Bureau. There you go. Four <laughs> H meetings. I mean, it does look like she just walked out of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. That's all I'm saying. You yes. know, yep. to use a topical reference of the day. Mm -hmm. Shirts aren't even triangle shape, whatever. <laughs> Not anymore, because they're flammable when they're that shape, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, it's the shape that makes them flammable. <laughs> so she wakes up and she's like, I have to practice my routine. Do you still think I'm pretty enough? And he's like, yeah, of course. Uh, but let me drive you home. He's like, we just smashed. Of course I think you're pretty enough. Yeah. You're so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like in that post-nut clairvoyance time period. Yeah. <laughs> so like at this point, he knows if she ever lies to him about a dog, then he's in trouble. <laughs> so we cut to him driving her home and it's that shot from X through the doorway. And we hear the sound of the flies from the pig. And she just says, wait here a minute and goes inside and just kind of like wheels her dad around, takes the knife out of the table, just a real quick cleanup. 
and listens at the door to the root cellar where she can still hear her mom moving around. But she gives her dad morphine to keep him quiet and then brings the projectionist inside past the pig covered with maggots, which while she when she went in to go fix stuff, he should have just driven off. Like, yes, he should have left immediately. Yeah. Uh, But they go up to her room and they're making out and she's like, I want to get off this farm forever. Take me to Europe. Like, when can we go? Like, just let's leave. And he's like, I'm hearing noises and we can't just ignore it. Like, there's too much weird happening here, basically. Yeah. It is like the United Nation flag row of red flags. Like, there are <laughs> yes. so many red yes. flags. He's like playing Minesweeper. Yeah. <laughs> you mean Minesweeper? Yeah. But also Minesweeper, where I sweep out my mind. (laughs) (laughs) But he, I guess, wants a round two, which is his mistake, ultimately. Yeah. So they go downstairs. She stops him just before he gets to the root cellar. And she's like, here, I want to show you something. Here are all my animals. Um, But some of them died. And he's like, what's your dog's name? And he's like, she's like, oh, I don't have a dog. And he's like, but you just said you did in the root cellar. And she was like, yeah, um... Right. I'd be like, uh, time to go. Well, and that's what he does. Like, that's what he says, more or less. And she starts to lose her mind. Like, when he says, you're scaring me. Like, I was like, yeah, that that would terrify me if someone lied to me about, you know, uh, anything really right after we smashed and then started yelling. I'd be like, oh, this is very uncomfortable. Yeah, it would be awful if someone lied about something after you smashed, like... I'll call you. (laughs) (laughs) That one I'm more used to. (laughs) But I'd rather be ghosted than turned into a ghost. Right. Mia Goss version of ghosting is not my kind that I'm into. It's pretty intense. Not really into either of them, actually. But so as he literally makes a run for the car. Yeah. we, We watch her grab the pitchfork. And this is one of the coolest shots in the movie because like, He makes it to the car. He's got a pretty big lead on her and the camera circles the car. Yeah. And by the time it comes back around to where you would think you would see her about to kind of ganging up on him. Like get up behind him. Right. Yeah. She's not there. And you're like, what? And the camera turns because she basically climbs up onto the windshield and stabs through his chest. Yeah. And it's fucking wild. And then he falls out of the car runs away from her well stumbles away he can't move very fast he's got three big holes in his chest yeah although she did pull the pitchfork out so she still has it yeah she still has it and stabs directly through his head with one going through his mouth and obviously severing his spinal column at the back and then one on either side of his face oh yeah i mean only one goes and hits him but it kills him for sure yeah and we cut to she goes back inside to the root cellar and she says to her mom remember what it feels like because that's what it's like whenever you looked at me yeah which is just like a brutal thing to say to someone who's dying arguably one of the most painful deaths you could potentially die yeah anyway so she cleans up around the house uh and at this point she's basically two bodies deep yeah almost because her mom at this point is is dead well and her dad is just sitting in the dining room still like having all of this having all this just transpire he's just like sitting there terrified yep and so she picks a dress and is about to go to the audition 
does part of her dance in front of her dad and then grabs the pillowcase. And I was just like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, and wa- and you just watch his eyes because he knows what's up. Oh, yeah. And she smothers him. We cut to a montage of her hiding bodies. So she's like pushing the car into the swamp. Um, and it does sink down kind of like the car in X. So I would assume that eventually it'll sink to the bottom. But I don't know how many cars they could manage to put in that swamp. I mean, there were like, you know? I think 60% of that car was still sticking out of it when she left. Well, you guys don't know this, but that alligator loves to eat cars. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets to the church for her, the auditions with suitcases and her sister-in-law is like, what's with the suitcases? And she's just like, oh, it's for going on the road later. And her sister's like, I think they're only taking one girl per city. And Pearl just says, it has to be me. Yeah. And she's like, I don't think you meant to say that out loud, but like, you know, hey, we hope it's everybody. And if it can't be me, I'm glad it's somebody else. Yeah. And they watch as like one girl leaves crying and another girl leaves. And as they get closer, her sister-in-law asks to switch places so that Pearl ends up going next. So she goes in and the audition kind of starts out in slow motion. And then we get a Full breakaway musical number. I love this. It's man. so great. You know, I love full breakaway musical numbers. Oh, Mikey, I know you love them, but I love this one because it goes from like a small town church stage to like a full ass, like USO big, like screen, yes. like green screen behind them. Like it's just cool as shit. Like I was here for it. Yeah, it's great. And She's doing some of the twirly parts that we remember from X because she does them in X as well. Yeah. And it ends and they're just like, well, thank you. That's going to be a no. And at this point, I was like, how is there 30 minutes left of this movie? Yeah, me too. And they were like, hey, sorry, uh, this wasn't what we had in mind. We want someone younger and blonder. Yeah. Which is like so cold that they would just say that directly to her face oh but that that shit happens especially it like, does to like actors and stuff like you could be the better actor and just not look the right part yep and they'll pick the person that looks right for the part over the better actor every time for sure i like i expect that in hollywood i don't expect it at church play <laughs> at church in texas yeah but the <laughs> words that they use for her the younger and blonder and has that x factor those are the same words that get repeated in X later on to describe what they're looking for. It drove me crazy that this guy in 1918 used the term X factor. Yes. Because I was like, there's no way that was a thing in 1918. No. The first time I looked it up, Paige, because it drove me insane. The term X factor was first used in a scientific publication by a British mathematician, J.B.S. Haldane in 1927. Okay, so yeah. No, I, it actually, I believe that. Yeah, it, it was way before I thought it would have been. I would have been like, that's right. like an 80s term. So it actually started way before then, but didn't hit pop culture probably until later, you know. But I was shocked it was in the 20s. Yeah. One of my favorite stories about them researching for Mad Men was doing intensive research to find out if they could say the phrase stuff, like put that stuff over there. Oh, like, yeah. Like when was the okay. first time someone said stuff? Uh, and I guess that they found it in a publication in like the 40s. Okay. But like the they had to establish if you would say that and if it would be in advertising and, and everything like that. And that kind of detail, when people pay attention to that kind of detail, I really think it's amazing. Yeah, I it's think it's so, cool. such tedious work. But I am always impressed when people do that, especially when I like see something like that where I'm like, there's no way that's right. And then I Google it and I'm like, oh my God, whoa. Like I wouldn't have thought that was that early. 
But, yeah. But she says, she's like, that was the best dancing we've ever done. And they're just like, meh. And she loses it. Yeah. Like completely break. They have to drag her outside and she is scream crying yeah. outside. And like it cuts to her outside after a time passes, I'm sure. But yeah, it looks like it's still during the day. Right. So it can't be that much time. And now everyone's gone. So in my mind, they just stopped the tryouts. Like they're they're not doing it anymore. Yeah, they were like, we're done. <laughs> we do know, I think that her sister-in-law did. Well, because of what we find out later. But Well, she believes that she got it. I don't know that the sister-in-law did. I think she maybe agrees to get her to not kill her. Or to try to do that. Yes, right. I agree. We yeah. don't know for sure because we never see that happen. And she reveals that information under duress. Yeah. So we cut to, she's like, why don't I take you home? They get back to the farmhouse and she sees the pig on the porch and she's like, is that our pig? Guys, don't go into a house with a dead pig with maggots in it. Like how many people have to die before you learn this legged? A lot. We just got to cut the pork, you know? (laughs) Anyway, she sits her down at the the kitchen table and she's like, should I fetch your mom? And she's like, no. She's like, well, why don't I just get you something to drink? They sit down at the kitchen table and thus ensues an eight minute monologue that is, first of all, I mean, Brilliant acting from Mia Goth. Oh, yeah. She's amazing in every frame of this movie. Every frame of the movie and horrified reactions from the sister-in-law who's just kind of sitting there like, huh? I mean, yeah, but she's confessing to all this crazy shit that she's done. And I don't think her sister-in-law, I think her name's Missy. Mitzi. Mitzi, thank you. But I don't think she expected any of that, doesn't really know her to that level. Like, the mom sort of clearly knew. I don't think Mitzi had any idea. So, like, when they were just cutting to Mitzi, like, I really wanted, like, shots of her, like, standing up as quietly as possible. Yeah, just trying to get out. And, like, sneaking to the door, taking steps backward. Because Mia Goth does have her eyes closed, like, as a part. It's like a plot point. Yeah. Well, there's also what I would have really liked. Do you remember the scene in Inglorious Bastards where Shoshana ends up talking to Christoph Waltz's character and she knows that he's the one who killed her parents, but she has Mm -hmm. to stay, like, calm. Composed, yeah. composed and then it just cuts to underneath her chair after where she has just pissed herself out of fear yeah because like how could you not yeah that i would have settled for that of like cutting over to the sister-in-law just like oh my god like oh no yeah but i mean mia goth is fucking crushing this scene crushing it is wild and so sister-in-law is like okay well um thanks for that uh i'm gonna go uh and Pearl's like, do you think I'm, are you frightened of me? Do you think I'm sick? And she's like, no, of course not. We're friends. <laughs> okay, but I am going to go though. Bye. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I need to get as far away from you as possible, as quickly as possible. So just think my whole job is like listening in this moment and like be it like active listening. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you do it. Like that would be terrifying to me a hundred percent of the time. I just pull, I just pull the, uh, well, I got to poop. gotta get on out of here but then mia goth turns because she does the like i'm happy for you for getting the part and she's like oh i I didn't get it i didn't and she's like you stop pretending now and she's like no i i didn't did you not see that they just basically called it after like yeah you sort of lost it and ruined it for everybody but mia goth keeps like pressuring her like don't lie to me you know and she's like yeah um um yeah okay no it's uh it's gonna be real fun um and then she just says you always get everything you want younger and more blonde and this is where she's like oh yeah no um i I do have to go like i I immediately i have to go i gotta poop 
Uh, <laughs> and Mia Goth is like, okay, but you're not going to tell anybody, right? That I've murdered three people and all the animals on this farm. And she's like, no, of course not. Nobody has to know. Why would I tell it's anybody? Secret. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. So she gets out onto the porch and is walking down the drive. And we watch in the background as Pearl comes out and gets an axe. Yeah. And Mitzi is like, I'm fucked. Like this is, and she tries to take off running. She trips. Pearl catches up with her and like acts to the back multiple times. times. Yeah. Yeah. She collapses on the road and she just says, I won't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone. And Pearl says, well, it's not about what I want anymore. It's about making the best of what I have. And she raises the ax and kills her. We don't see it, but she kills her. Yeah. She goes to the root cellar and she like cuddles with her mom's body. Yeah. And brushes her hair as it's falling out and then sets her up at the table. She dismembers Mitzi and feeds it to the gator. Yeah. Did you guys watch Rugrats? Yes. Her mom she looks, looks like, like Cynthia. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's one of those memes that like lives on where every once in a while someone will have just like crazy bonkers hair and you're just like, oh. Cynthia. <laughs> she sets up her dad at the table table she puts the pig on the table yeah it's very texas chainsaw massacre very and prays over the table yeah the movie seems to end except we watch as an army cart drops someone off at the farm and we know there's been a time jump we don't know how long but all the bodies have decayed a little bit more so it's been a bit yeah. At least a week plus of decomp. Yeah, for sure. And so Howard walks in, says, Pearl, I'm home, sees the whole table, and like, at this point, run. Like, run, yes. dude. You do not stay in that house. Yeah. But he doesn't because she shows up and she's like, I'm so happy you're home. And then we get the end credits, but you got to watch them because Mia Goth smiles, unbroken, unbroken shot for the entirety of the end credits. Like she's going to have an aneurysm and it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen and everyone should watch it. It's, it's my favorite great. part of the movie. And she's also crying. Like there's a tear there too. Like it's, there's so much going on and it's like, we're just seeing credits over this. That's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Pearl? I really liked it. I understand why people don't. And there are definitely different things you could have done. But for me, as a companion piece to X, I like it. That's fair. I think I liked talking about it more than I liked watching it. But I love the cinematography in this. By the way, I did look up the cinematographer. His name is Elliot Rocket. And the dude is amazing. So props to him. Yeah. Mia Goth is so good in this. It's hard to fault her at all. Like, there's nothing I think she could have done better in this movie. Yeah. I don't like anyone in it. So, like, character-wise, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I and honestly, I don't think anyone turns in a bad performance. Yeah. Even the intimacy coordinator, who was, uh, you know, the mom, mom, did a great job, and that's a pretty complex character to play. So, yeah, yeah, I think everyone did a fine job. I just there's no one to root for. It's sort of like you're watching a bad guy be a bad guy, but some people are into it. I'm not super into it. Yeah, I I feel the same. It could be, like I said, it could be where I'm at. It could be a lot of stuff. I just wasn't into that type of film. I wanted to see some scary, gory things, I think. I like the Mm -hmm. chopping people up part, I guess. (laughs) You know, like I didn't feel like there was a good, I don't know. I just didn't, just couldn't get behind it. Yeah. Or in front of it. I wanted that alligator to eat a person out of the wheelchair off the dock, and I'm really pissed about it. That would have been cool. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, here it is with your fun facts. Mia Goth, fun, fun facts. Fun facts. 
So the monologue in the last act goes for seven minutes and 57 seconds. Jesus. It does consist of 17 shots. However, all of those shots are early in the monologue. The final shot goes on for five minutes and 36 seconds uninterrupted, close on Mia Goth's face, which by the way, from an actor perspective, memorizing and nailing that many lines in a row in a performance like that and having a camera right up there, that is a brutally long time Mm -hmm. to be the only one talking. And it is masterfully done. She did a phenomenal job there. That's such a long, unbroken shot too, and she just crushes it. It's so good. It is great. And she did help write it. So Ty West and Mia Goth actually collaborated on the script via FaceTime during a mandatory two-week quarantine because they did shoot this during the pandemic alongside X which was also shot during the pandemic. Yeah. Now, they actually greenlit the film just as filming began on X. So A24 agreed to make both films simultaneously, even though they were filmed at the same time. Uh, This is the prequel, decades before X. And Maxine is the one that's filmed after. So I guess we'll see how well they kind of pair up all those stories. Yeah, I do sort of wonder, like, because we know when Mia Goth's character dies, like we see right. that happen. So, like, I do wonder what is going to be after uh, well, Maxine's Maxine gets character. away. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, yeah. does she become the killer in the in the last one, or is there something else that's after her? Like, I'm just really know. interested to find that. Like, I'm interested to to find out. I hope it's something else after. I don't want to see the main character that I liked turn into a killer at the end. Well, the main character that you like was a killer at the end. I mean, for self defense, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. yeah, no, but I mean, like, not a murderer, murderer. You know what I'm saying? But I do think she's got a lot weirdly in common with Pearl in that quest for fame. And so I think contrasting the two of them is really interesting. Um, I'm interested to see if Maxine will add like a new generation after her or how it will kind of wrap the story up. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, Two of the movies, and this shouldn't surprise anybody, uh, that were heavily inspiring this movie uh, while they were writing it was Whatever Happened to Baby Jane from 1962 and The Wizard of Oz from 1939. Yeah. Um, And this is Mia Goth's first screenwriting and producing credit. Oh. Uh, So that's good for her. Yeah, that's great. According to Ty West, the homeowners of the house in the film enjoyed the makeover of the house and the barn so much that they kept it and allegedly have not changed it. Oh, that's that's awesome. Good for them. Isn't that wild? Originally, they wanted to film all of Pearl in black and white, Um, but A24 was against it. So instead, they went the opposite and went extremely vivid color. Um, Mia Goth says that another reason for the switch from black and white to bright colors was that they felt like films being made in that way had become its own thing and they wanted to do something different. So like they they felt like this had a different vibe and so they stuck with the color instead. I mean, they definitely went with like that, I think, sort of early Disney live action vibe. Like, yes, that 1950s, like 60s, like Swiss Family Robinson vibe sort of thing. Yeah. Even with like with, with the score, especially sort of took me back to like that score is very Wizard of Oz. Yeah, like, it is like very. it's like the movies my grandparents and parents grew up on. Yes. Like that era. Yeah. Pearl's alligator is named Theta after Theta Barra, who was an American silent film actress and considered one of cinema's earliest sex symbols. Oh, there's a poster of her on the exterior of the picture house 
that Pearl reg- regularly frequents. So the movie theater has a poster of her. Oh, cool. Now, a trailer for this was shown at the end of theatrical screenings of X. Yes. In certain places. That's how I initially saw it. And they did the same for Maxine, if you saw this in theater. Nice. So um, this spawned from writing that Mia Goth had done, and Ty West a, a little bit as well, um, of what they thought Pearl's backstory was in X. So as Mia Goth was preparing to play both characters, she started writing about who she thought Pearl was, and that's kind of how this movie comes about. Okay. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah. A lot of actors will build a pretty in-depth backstory for their characters. So that's like that's not too surprising, you know, that she had already done that work. Yeah. Um, some people online have referred to this film as Joker for girls. And even though I like this film, I do understand that comparison because it is that same kind of anti-hero. Ah, that's what it reminds me of. Okay. Dislike this movie in the exact same way I dislike Joker. Now, here's the thing. I did not. I did not like Joker. I think what helps me with this movie is some of the cinematography and other things that Joker just doesn't have. So Elliot Rocket, dude, he's amazing. But like, it's one of those things that I'm like, yeah, I understand why you make that comparison. Like, that's not wrong. Um, But so the smile at the end of the credits was unplanned. Uh, Ty West just refused to call cut. Yes. I refuse to believe this fun fact. This I refuse. He refused to call cut and just let the emotions play out. And her smile becomes more and more strained. And she's crying because it hurts to smile that long. Well, and that big, like it's a huge smile. Like that would hurt your face. Mm-hmm. I like those yes. teeth. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> smile, it lasts for one minute and 51 seconds, God. which is so long. So Yeah, you so heard long. it, folks. One minute and 51 seconds is so long. So there. <laughs> I'm just picturing like Ty West as like Bugs Bunny as the conductor from behind the camera, just like (laughs) making her hold the smile forever. But those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So this movie came out in 2020. What do you think the budget was? And they actually filmed this when they filmed X, which I think they filmed in like 2019, I believe. 28. No, it was 2020, wasn't it? 2020 and 2021. It was like. Because they took a break in the middle of it, I think. Okay. The, what do you think the budget was, though? I want to say, if I remember correctly, I thought X was like 30 or 40 mil. But I think this is like 20 and was probably a more adventurous choice. I think this is seven. Okay. This is Ty West, guys. Yeah. yeah. It's $1 million. Okay. What, that's what the I fuck? Thought. That seems impossible. X no. was like... Was X seven? Am I just totally misremembering? Uh, I can check. I honestly can't remember... But this is a single location movie, more or less. It we is. See, and it's the same location they were already using. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think they were able to get away with it because they already had the locations, right? Yeah. So no, X was also $1 million. Okay. God damn it. X looks fucking amazing for a million dollars. Well, and Paige, this looks really good too. Like This looks amazing for a million dollars. Yeah. That Elliot yeah. Rocket is amazing. He's an amazing cinematographer. Like, dude knows what he's doing. Anyway. So this movie came out or hit the theaters on September 16th, 2022. It was number three the weekend it came out. It was beat by The Woman King, and it was The Woman King's first weekend out. Number two was Barbarian, and its second week out. Number three was, of course, Pearl. Number four was See How They Run, and number five was Bullet Train. What do you think Pearl made in its first weekend out the weekend of September 16th, 2022? That was a big week. It came in third, right? Yes, third. I'm going to say eight. Eight okay. million. Mikey? Six. All right. It actually made 
$3.1 million in its opening weekend, uh, so a little bit less. It was in theaters for a total of seven weeks, but was never again in the top five. Uh, it was in the top ten. It was six in its second week, but was never again in the top ten after that. But what do you think it made in the domestic box office in its theatrical run? I'm going to say six. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? I would say 15. You guys are on either side of it. It was actually $9.4 million, which, again, on a million-dollar budget is crushing it. Yeah, like, that's great. Like, everyone is thrilled about that box office return. It also That's why Maxine's getting made. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if they're sticking to the $1 million budget. Yeah. You know, like, they paid for all three Mm -hmm. movies, probably with X, honestly. Yeah. Well, the whole time I watched this film, I was like, how did they destroy this old-timey car? Because I know this is not a high-budget film. Well, they don't really. They they get blood on a car, but they don't really destroy it. Well, they push anything. it into the water, but I bet they pulled it oh. right back out and cleaned it right back up. <laughs> or or just built the back half of one. And- yeah, yeah, that's probably more like what it was. But yeah. either way, I mean, it also made almost $700,000 internationally. It made about 5.2, uh, sorry, it made about $520,000 in the UK and about $160,000 in Australia. So, But that did put it up over $10 million in the worldwide box office is the only reason I bring that up. Mm-hmm. It then also made another one2 almost $1.3 in domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales. I rented it today for $5.99. So like it's still making money and I do think it's been profitable. Like there's a reason we're getting Maxine and I mean there's a reason Mia Goth is going to work for the rest of her life as long as she wants and probably Ty West too because he knows how to make yeah. movies on a budget that make money yep well i think he's gotten better at making better movies on i mean i still like this i'm with Paige. i'm not a huge ty west fan me either yes i like some of his stuff a lot i think these movies he really hit a stride on oh yeah i think these two movies are way better than anything i saw him do before this including the sacrament which i think is definitely a step above cabin fever right so like i i think he's just progressively getting better yeah well cabin fever was also like one of his well, no, that's what yeah, I'm saying. I so, think he definitely is a filmmaker that is getting better, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I personally, if he wants to keep making movies like this, I will change my tune. Because, like, yeah. I had not been a Ty West person, but I am here for a million of these. So Yeah, I don't see him making anything worse than this going forward, because he's. I think he's gotten better every movie I've seen. Mm-hmm. At least, like, chronologically. Oh, we haven't watched the... We haven't done The Innkeepers yet. That's my favorite one of his movies. But either way, that's your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, scary scale listeners is a scale of 1 to 10 how scary we found the film as we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I feel like I did this without sounding monotone. So, Paige. Um, yeah, this is a 1 for me. It's not scary. Yeah, it's not scary. It's a 1. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't scared. Yeah. So, that's our scary scale all right well this week Paige, you made us watch pearl what are we watching next week mikey do you want to introduce it because it was one of your picks i'm excited i uh, i watched a little film on shutter oh a few months back now called deadstream and i thought it was scary and good so i i thought it scared me which i liked it's a little bit lower budget but it also like taps in if you're like a content creator where there's like jokes baked in that like really work, I think, if you've ever done something like that. So like I was like chuckling about some things. And it's kind of like dash cam, but with a way more likable kind of con Okay, like, that makes me because I was very concerned when you told me it was like dash cam. I was like, I hate dash cam. This guy's a little like Todd. Okay. Oh shit. My problem with dash cam is just her. 
So like, Same. you know, mm-hmm. because I thought the actual horror parts of dash cam are fucking terrifying. And that's why I liked the, 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 the horror parts are terrifying. This one, you had the chat and stuff still, but you have a, a more likable protagonist and he's more of like a YouTube content creator with like more of okay. that type of like share, subscribe type stuff. Gotcha. And I think the jokes hit really well. And I think the, Fuck. the haunting stuff also works for me. Some of the makeup okay. could be a little better. It was just like a criticism I see coming and it kind of has like an evil deadish kind of feel. Like, oh, like, I, that, okay. okay. All right. I'm, I'm, you are selling me, dude. Mikey, so. have I ever showed you some of my early like YouTube content creation days? Like some of those videos? No, you have not. But this guy definitely reminds <laughs> no. me of like Twitch streamer Todd. Yeah, that's why I'm concerned to watch this movie and then have to talk about myself for three hours or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I'm, I'm excited to show it to you because it's. I think it it scared me some, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I remember you watching this because you told me we were going to do it for the podcast. It wasn't even like a thing. You were like, we're doing this. You have to see this movie. Just to have these jokes with y'all, because there's something that happens in the film that is like a plot point that would... It's going to terrify us three probably more than anyone else. Like, like terrifies content creators, I think, more than anything. And you're like... All right. Well, I guess your homework for next week is to watch Deadstream on Shutter. I guess, right? That's the only place it's streaming, right, mm-hmm. Mikey? Uh-huh. And then check back for that episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, I got distracted. Imagine that. <laughs> I can't believe it. Well, I can't while Mikey's looking it. one up, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that's to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Doc Crush. Uh, please read this in your exaggerated Todd voice. Fantastic. What does Doc Crush have to say? I started listening to the. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, everybody. Is that I started listening to the horror. No! It's a horror version mid pandemic. And I just recently got through the entire catalog from each of Todd's <laughs> Winky Blinkies to Paige's love of the magicians to every one of Mikey's desperate attempts at cannibalism. I've enjoyed everyone, no matter how often the episodes go. Keep the Mikey, keep the Mikey movies coming and doodle pip. Five stars. Well, Doc Crush, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. We appreciate it. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at MRandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If if you want to financially support me but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. 
awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. And if you haven't noticed, since October 1st, we have been running the new Horror Virgin blog. And when I say we, I really mean Katie from the Facebook group. She's been running everything. She's like the managing editor of the Horror Virgin blog. So if you haven't been to our Horror Virgin blog, go check it out. It's at horrorvirgin.com slash blog. You'll see it. It's awesome. There's a lot of great articles. I mean, at the end of October, we have 31 awesome articles up. But check out our awesome Horror Virgin blog up now. This episode was brought to you by Tia. And Tia's teenager's been just like driving her crazy this week. So how has Tia's teenager been driving her crazy? Killing all the farm animals. Well, Tia, you better get your teenagers to stop killing your farm animals or you guys are going to starve. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan. Jonathan wants me to show you guys some videos, so let me see what Jonathan sent this week for us to watch. Oh, RuPaul's number one on Celebrity Family Feud, apparently. Uh Was RuPaul on Celebrity Family Feud? Yeah, I think so. Oh, she was. Oh, Carson's there. Michelle's there. Everybody's there. It's funny to see RuPaul, like, standing next to normal people, because RuPaul's a tall bish. Tall, yeah, tall, tall, tall. and like she will wear heels, so you don't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do love Steve, Steve Harvey's reaction to her. Yeah, that's amazing. I love how she got to that answer, and her team is like still fully behind her. Yep, and I'm sure she's right. I'm sure she gets I, number I'm one. I'm sure it's there. Yeah. Of course, Mama Roo is never wrong. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for making us watch those fun little videos. And thank you so much for the support. We now return you to another episode of uh, The The Patreonicals. Okay, welcome back to The Patreonicals. Here we go. I can't wait. Karun and Natasha. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Who are now, they had, Natasha goes, Karun, we had sex yesterday. I am pregnant now. That was quick. Their species gestates quickly apparently uh, their species which is what mikey the blue aliens okay from planet crouton the crotonians the crotonians yeah uh-huh from the caesar salad nebula the, you didn't go with the <laughs> romaine system <laughs> and then isaac turns to them and he's like congratulate they're on the ship and captain Bruder's like congratulations everybody look they're Pregnant. We're being chased by a Death Star, but they're <laughs> pregnant. I love how he's like, yeah, great. You're pregnant, but we're about to die, so it doesn't matter. And then Isaac was like, hey, can I eat your babies? And they're like, what? Hard, hard. No, we've got to get rid of Isaac. He is still a cannibal. I do get it, though. Croutons are typically one of my favorite parts of the salad. So, like, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love carbs. Dreskel with the Illuminati. Uh, he and Andrew, the last... Russian astronaut have decided <laughs> that you know they're trying to make a time device with Anthony and Jennifer the PH and they're like look we've got to find the center of the galaxy okay where there's a crystal that yes. has unlimited power wow. in it but also a Becky with limited power yeah. all right yeah like Tiffany who's like one quarter power I'm shocked that Mikey remembered that the crystal yeah 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 I did because remember that we recorded that 
like premise two weeks ago and so much has happened since then it's been like six weeks since two weeks ago oh the patreonicals live in the side of my brain that is rarely used and seldom (laughs) useful those synapses i have to like knock awake before we start doing this part we got to get done so we go to sleep okay look we're going to the middle of the fucking galaxy or whatever love it and uh bruder can we go and they're like yeah and jennifer the ph is like i've got the map it's tattooed on my back like the movie prison break Hell yes. The wildly famous movie, Prison Break. <laughs> it was a show. It was a show, Mikey. The yes. first two seasons were so good. After that, who knows? It would be a great show if it was made today. When it was like two or like when it was like eight episodes. It's, I'm getting lost. It's fine. I agree that most TV should be eight episodes. 12 eight to, to eight ten. Episodes max. Yeah, Could you yeah, imagine yeah. if they redid Lost with like the format of today? Can you imagine if they redid Lost and had a plan the, for the whole se- for the whole story? Oh. oh, yeah, right. They should just redo Lost. They've redone everything else anyway. Yeah. So Jennifer, the PH, and, and Anthony, the Time Master, was like, I tattooed it on Jennifer's back, the map to the center of the universe. Because the crystal has unlimited power and it can mess with time. So we kind of like put it in there or whatever. And they were like, yeah, we know she's been wearing a backless dress this whole time. Like we could see it. Like everyone knows that that's what that is. Oh, wow. And Andrew, the last, the lost (laughs) Russian astronaut that they picked up, he's like, look, I gained accidental immortality out here in deep space because of the radiation. It's a long backstory, convoluted. Anyway. (laughs) Did you just yada yada? He's immortal? Kind of. (laughs) <laughs> and then you know, he's from like the 60s. It's like Rob Stark in that Marvel movie we all hate. The in- Immortals oh, or whatever? God, that is the worst movie. Okay. Someone just needed to give that movie a hand. I get that because now there's a giant hand out of the earth that they never mention again in any other Marvel movie. And it was mm-hmm. like touching space. It's that big. That is the turning point for me, the, Mar- the MCU, in a way that is just. That's mm. the last superhero movie I saw in theaters. I saw the new Ant-Man. But I also saw the Dungeons and Dragons. I've just been going to the movies lately. I want to go see Dungeons and Dragons. I heard it's really good. Dungeons and Dragons was real good. I wanted to go see Dungeons and Dragons with like one of my best friends, but uh, he didn't. He didn't invite me. I went on my self care day after I went to a school shooting. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to high road me, Mikey. You can just <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. You needed some time alone. It's fine. I'm sorry you had a rough day at work, and that will haunt you for the rest of your days. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, my guy, I am sorry. Like, that's rough. <laughs> anyway, Sunzi, the AI robot, was like, "Shut up, bitches! Let's end this." And they're like, "What?" And then like, Andrew's like, "Look, Sputnik has the key to get there to I the knew center it. of the galaxy. Uh, we can use the information on Sputnik with her tattoo." And get it there And Sunzi the AI robot is like This does not compute or make any sense But I know where Sputnik is So we can go there And All right. um, Garotica just starts playing the guitar Like like uh, Kind of <laughs> like uh, Bill and Ted's When they have a good idea Like Wild Stallion Yeah Ryan, Wild Stallion style Yeah, Vance the serial killer Who is technically H.H. Holmes He is H.H. Holmes Yeah, He um, is tied up And Mr. Ragebomb is flicking his forehead I can't believe you remember this And and Mr. Ragebomb's like I can do this because you can't get mad Because I blow up and would blow you up So like Oh yeah Mr. Ragebomb typically always has the upper hand In every room he's in Unless Mm. that room has Kate in it Because Kate is way overpowered behind the ship bo easy 
has tied himself with a rope and is being dragged like he's like water skiing in space. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, the cave person, is with Jeremy with laser eyes who is still mourning the loss of his toe. And Lauren and Allie the mermaid are there and he's like, I'm more than just my laser eyes and, and I just and missed my toes. Toe. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're trying to be okay. Uh, and Dreskel's like, we got to do this plan. Captain Bruder, set a course for Sputnik. And so they like head off that way. Uh, behind them, the Death Mun star is there and uh west the handsome guy is just all oiled up and naked just ready to tied go up yeah, yeah. and all he's right. like please don't torture me like this it's awful no not snoo snoo <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> alert the men i had yeah. snoo snoo <laughs> <laughs> and alex the evil magician appears in a cloud of smoke and pigeons and, and and he's like <laughs> I like how it's smoke and pigeons. Like it's directed by John Woo. Yeah. Except not goes, doves, just pigeons, the rats of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like spray painted white page, so they can't really fly. They just like right. fall to the ground. Yeah. Kind of wobble. Libby, she appears and she says, I've overthrown the Mun government. I am now the Mun Queen. Oh wow. Yes. There was a coup d'etat? Yes. A moon d'etat. Right. And Aaron, the moon general, is like, and Alex, they're all together and they're laughing maniacally. And they said, our fleet reached Earth. We conquered it. it. Earth is ours. The Earth is now run by, I guess, what was the moon? Because the moon's no longer there, right? Right. They had a secret empire. It was an outpost of a, like a giant empire of evil. Okay. The Greys. And um, Alex, the evil magician, is like, we did it, your majesty. And she's like, Get this naked man to my quarters so I can spit upon him before bed. And is that like uh, chase... a sex thing or like I don't know their culture. Like well, I don't understand what that is, but you know, I don't know either. Anthropologists will be studying this episode of Patreonicals <laughs> forever. <laughs> and and Anthony's like, we still have one threat, and that's those heroes slash nefarious cannibals in that ship <laughs> over there i think they're fine young cannibals mikey yes we need to can't we need to we need to torture this west fella afterwards and they're like yes and then so they're like we're still tracking the ship and chasing them as our fleets conquer earth and they've decided to kill every fifth person just in spite because of all the crap it caused us and they destroyed <laughs> our mun planet as well and that's the end of the episode well i guess we'll have to wait to find out what happens next week and if they find that crystal at the center of the galaxy on another episode of the, the patreonicals that's gonna be it for us you guys i'm Paige. i'm mikey and i'm your horror virgin todd keep it ooky spooky yeah have a great week bye i hope maxine rocks nerds <laughs>